Good morning. Welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Bib. A special warm welcome to any guests or visitors joining us here on this third Sunday in Lent, which is Okuli Sunday. It's where we get the same word in English uh, for eyes as you think of ocularian and all that kind of thing. And if that sounds strange to you, it's because the first words of our intro would match that. My eyes are ever toward the Lord, for he shall pluck my feet out of the net. And we see that today as Jesus rescues a man from a mute demon that had possessed him, and then the responses of the people as well. And so for more on that, as we do look to the readings, I'll direct your attention to the inside of the back cover of the bulletin, where we have that focused on Christ section, a summary of our readings for this day. Jeremiah was charged with speaking evil when he spoke the word of the Lord. So also Jesus is accused of doing evil when, in fact, he is doing good. He casts out a demon from a mute man so that he is able to speak. But some said Jesus did this by the power of Beelzebub, that is, Satan. Like Pharaoh of old, their hearts were hard. They did not recognize the finger of God, the power of the Holy Spirit at work in and through Jesus. Jesus is the stronger man who overcomes the strong man. That is, he takes the devil's armor of sin and death away and destroys it from the inside out by the cross. He exercises and frees us by water and the word. We once were darkness, but now we are light in Christ the Lord. As children of light, our tongues are loosed to give him thanks and praise. Uh, that is he who saved us. Well, we have great joy to not only sing the Lord's thanks and praise, but to also receive across our very lips the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ in and under bread and wine this day. And in keeping with his word, he does ask that we be of one confession as we come forward to receive that blessed gift. And so we do ask in accord with his word that all those joining us at the altar this day be members either of this congregation or of a sister congregation of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, joining together in one orthodox confession of the Christian faith. We have great joy today as the children's choir will be singing immediately after the epistle. Our service is service, uh, divine service setting three as it begins on page 184. We now sing the first hymn. O God, whose glory it is always to have mercy, be gracious to all who have gone astray from your ways, and bring them again with penitent hearts and steadfast faith to embrace and hold fast the unchangeable truth of your word. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Old Testament reading for the third Sunday in Lent is from Exodus chapter 8. Then the Lord said to Moses, Say to Aaron, Stretch out your staff and strike the dust of the earth, so that it may become gnats in all the land of Egypt. And they did so. Aaron stretched out his hand with his staff and struck the dust of the earth, and there were gnats on man and beast. All the dust of the earth became gnats in all the land of Egypt. The magicians tried by their secret arts to produce gnats, but they could not. So there were gnats on man and beast. Then the magicians said to Pharaoh, This is the finger of God. But Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he would not listen to them, as the Lord had said. <coughs> then the Lord said to Moses, Rise up early in the morning and present yourself to Pharaoh as he goes out to the water, and say to him, Thus says the Lord, let my people go that they may serve me, or else, if you will not let my people go, behold, 
I will send swarms of flies on you and your servants and your people and into your houses. And the houses of the Egyptians shall be filled with swarms of flies and also the ground on which they stand. But on that day I will set apart the land of Goshen where my people dwell so that no swarms of flies shall be there, that you may know that I am the Lord in the midst of the earth. Thus I will put a division between my people and your people. Tomorrow this sign shall happen. And the Lord did so. There came great swarms of flies into the house of Pharaoh and into his servants' houses. Throughout all the land of Egypt, the land was ruined by the swarms of flies. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is from Ephesians chapter 5. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. And walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure, or who is covetous, that is, an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not associate with them, for at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 11th chapter. Now Jesus was casting out a demon that was mute. When the demon had gone out, the mute man spoke, and the people marveled. But some of them said, He casts out demons by Beelzebul, the prince of demons. While others, to test him, kept seeking from him a sign from heaven, but he, knowing their thoughts, said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste, and a divided household falls. And if Satan also is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? For you say that I cast out demons by Beelzebul. And if I cast out demons by Beelzebul, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore they will be your judges. But if it is by the finger of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own palace, his goods are safe. But when one stronger than he attacks him and overcomes him, he takes away his armor in which he trusted and divides his spoil. Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. When the unclean spirit has gone out of a person, it passes through waterless places seeking rest, and finding none, it says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds the house swept and put in order. Then it goes and brings seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that person is worse than the first. As he said these things, a woman in the crowd raised her voice and said to him, Blessed is the womb that bore you, and the breasts at which you nursed. But he said, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. This is the Gospel of the Lord.
Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Dear saints in Christ, St. John tells us in his first epistle, the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. We see today, for the third week in a row now, Jesus pushing back the devil and his kingdom. If you remember on the first Sunday in Lent, we heard of Jesus overcoming Satan's temptations in the wilderness, standing where Adam had fallen. The second Sunday in Lent, after a dramatic test of faith, Jesus cast out a demon who had possessed the daughter of a Canaanite woman. And now today we hear the account when Jesus casts out a demon that was mute. And when the demon had gone out, the mute man spoke, and the people marveled. Such miraculous acts, it should move all of God's people to joyful and reverent praise and thanksgiving. However, not all who witnessed this miracle were impressed or moved to praise and thanksgiving. St. Luke tells us, but some of them said, he casts out demons by Beelzebul, the prince of demons, while others, to test him, kept seeking from him a sign from heaven. Now to us, these responses, they make no sense at all. I mean, come on, Jesus, the son of God, casting out demons by the prince of demons, seeking a sign? Did they not see what Jesus just did before their very eyes? Of course, the origin of all these strange responses is unbelief. This is similar to Pharaoh in the Old Testament lesson, beholding the plagues and hearing the preaching of Moses and Aaron and continuing in the hardness of his heart. These who rejected Jesus after hearing his preaching and witnessing his mighty works, they were also hard of heart. They were unbelievers. To us, Christians who hold on to Christ and who hold on to his word and faith, these responses, they seem utterly foolish to us, and they are. However, we do see the same unbelief among us today. Fast forward about 2,000 years, and we continue to see the growth of Christ's church despite the raging of Satan and all those who believe his lies. By the work of the Holy Spirit through word and sacrament, sinners are baptized and brought to saving faith, brought from darkness to light, becoming, as St. Paul says, children of light. God be praised. Sins are confessed and forgiven, and the gifts of eternal life and salvation, they're given out graciously by God to repentant sinners. And our Lord does this through his called ministers who are preachers of his word and stewards of his holy mysteries. Now, Satan's evil plans and purposes... They are broken and hindered every single time a Christian takes upon their lips the Lord's Prayer. Every time a sin is confessed and forgiven, heaven rejoices and hell rages. Every time a child is taught the truth of God's word, another one of the devil's lies are undone. Dear saints, Christ Jesus is continuing his battle against the devil and his murderous lies. Honestly, it really is a very lopsided victory in Jesus' favor. Indeed, the devil has been in retreat since the promise was first spoken in Eden after the fall of mankind into sin. The devil has lived knowing that one day the promised seed of Eve will come and crush his vile serpentine head. And Christ has done just that. It is finished was proclaimed from the throne of the cross as our suffering and triumphant king declared his victory. You see, the war against evil is already decided. Christ Jesus has died and risen for sinners. He has ascended to the right hand of the Father in glory, and he has sent forth his spirit to give to you his pardon, his peace, and the promise of eternal paradise. Again, God be praised. 
Now, as we, his church, is baptized, wait for his return on the last day, we wander through the wilderness ourselves. We wander through this valley of the shadow of death until our Lord Jesus returns to take us home to that place that he has prepared for us, the new heavens and the new earth. But what we must keep in mind is that even though Satan is like a defeated general in retreat, he is still dangerous to us Christians. Why? Well, because his lies are still fiery arrows that are aimed at our very souls. We must also remember that the devil, he has his allies, this corrupted sinful world and our own sinful nature. These two enemies do not want us to hallow God's name or let his kingdom come, as Luther writes in the Catechism. Therefore, we must be on guard, we must watch, and we must pray. Otherwise, if we are not careful, we can end up like those who scoffed at and rejected Jesus, even though his miracles were done in their very presence. You see, in our own culture, as we look around, we don't see demons walking around with forked tongues, pitchforks, and horns on their head. Unless, of course, you count Halloween or some of the bizarre and sinful parades that happen at different times throughout the year. Nevertheless, they are real, they are living, and they do exert influence in this fallen world. So then how do you recognize them? How do you recognize their work? Well, dear saints, it's really not all that hard. Any thought, word, or action that is against God's good will is not only sin, but it is also proof of the devil's ongoing activity in the world. And the fact that so many people blindly follow the devil's lies is just further proof of man's, mankind's corruption, his fallen sinful nature. Now, we see parallels today to what happened to Jesus in the gospel lesson. Now, in the lesson, a man scoffs at Jesus, casting out, his casting out of the demon, claiming that he's casting out demons by Beelzebul, the prince of demons. Well, today we see and we hear scoffing at God's miracles and works all the time. And we see this both in and outside the church. Now, within Christianity, people scoff at infant baptism. And they say, babies don't benefit from that. They haven't made a decision. Well, we should be quick to respond with Jesus' own words. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the Spirit, capital S, the Holy Spirit, is Spirit. And then later on he says, it is the Spirit, as in the Holy Spirit, who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. And so also from Luke chapter 18 we hear this. Now they were bringing even infants to him, that he might touch them. And when the disciples saw it, they rebuked them. But Jesus called them, called them to him, saying, let the children come to me and do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. However, the scoffing does not stop at baptism, but also at the gift of our Lord's body and blood and his holy supper. Now, the scoffers, they say, Jesus didn't mean that the bread and wine are actually his body and blood. Those little echoes of did God actually say in there. And they'll say, don't you understand picture language? Again, the plain meaning of Jesus' own words is more than sufficient to answer. Now, as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. 
And more graphically, even in John chapter 6, Jesus gets really explicit and he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread the fathers ate and died. He's referencing the manna in the wilderness. Whoever feeds on this bread, Jesus says, will live forever. Now, we believe this holy mystery by faith. We dare not tell the Lord Christ that he doesn't know what he's talking about. So also, St. Paul tells us very plainly in 1 Corinthians, the cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? Let this suffice for now for those who scoff at Jesus from within the church. God grant us all faith as a child to cling to his word and to believe it firmly. Now, as far as scoffers outside the church go, well, the choices are really overwhelming. It's like an all-you-can-eat buffet of blasphemy in the world today. What God calls good, the devil calls evil. For instance, marriage is a beautiful gift. The lifelong union of one man and one woman united as one flesh. The devil calls this evil. And he wants people to satisfy their sexual appetites in any possible way except God's holy and blessed way. Regarding the gifts of life and children, the Psalms teach us, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward. And so also you formed my inward parts, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them the days that were formed for me when as yet there were none of them. To all of this, our sinful world responds with blasphemous scoffing. Now, the following examples are taken directly from Planned Parenthood's website. If you've got the stomach for it, you can look it up yourself. Our bodies, our futures, our abortions. Abortion is essential. And then they chant, we are unstoppable. Another world is possible. That last one, it really reminds me of when Jesus confronted the demon who identified himself as legion, for we are many, in Mark chapter 5. We are unstoppable. Another world is possible. God grant us repentance by his Holy Spirit. In so many ways, the devil's attacks are predictable. If God has called something good and holy, then the devil's going to attack it. These satanic attacks have even gone so far as to call into question what makes a man a man and a woman a woman. Basic things such as male and female. You've seen the culmination of this in the news where perverse drag shows are promoted for children and families, even infants. This is evil, and we ought to call it what it is. God has clearly revealed his good created order for men and women and children, and he has blessed it within marriage. When we are confronted with lies to the contrary... We should speak the truth in love clearly and plainly. God created man and woman, male and female. His design and plan for this is beautiful, and it is complementary. Confusion about either one is just that, confusion. Twisted by the devil's lies, people who buy into the confusion, they end up with sinful, ugly ideas, enslaved to the devil's dark lies and the sinful flesh's appetites. God created marriage. 
Defining it as a lifelong union of one man and one woman, his design is good, it is beautiful, it is right, and it is true. Again, any objection to God's design is just sinful scoffing. Now, when people deny God's design, they not only bring heartache and destruction upon themselves, but so also to others. I mean, just look at where our society has gone just in the last 15 years. The Lord have mercy upon us. And again, we must remember that our battle, our warfare is not against flesh and blood, but against the spiritual powers of darkness. And so we pray that God would grant people repentance, that they would hear his word, that they would repent of their sins and rejoice in the salvation that's found in Christ alone. But I digress. Let's get back into the gospel lesson and see how our Lord responded to those who scoffed at his casting out of the demon. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste, and a divided household falls. And if Satan also is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? For you say that I cast out demons by Beelzebul. And if I cast out demons by Beelzebul, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore they will be your judges. But if it is by the finger of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man fully armed guards his own palace, his goods are safe. But when the strong one stronger than he attacks him and overcomes him, he takes away his armor in which he trusted and divides his spoil. Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. In summary, Jesus tells them that their accusations make no sense at all. If Satan is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? And he then shames their accusation by pointing out that their own sons, Jewish exorcists, were engaged in this good work of casting out demons. Therefore, they will be your judges, he says. The scoffers who rejected Jesus did not want to acknowledge the plain truth that he was, and he is God's promised Messiah and Savior. After this, Jesus then tells that short parable about the strong man and the stronger man. And the takeaway is this, Jesus is the stronger man who has attacked and overcome the strong man, Satan. Jesus has defeated Satan on the cross, taking away his armor and dividing his spoil. And by the way, dear saints, you are that blessed and beloved spoil. By his suffering, death, and resurrection, Jesus has set you free from sin and Satan. Your sins are forgiven. You've been brought from death to life, from darkness to light. You've been loosed unchained, unshackled, freed from the devil's dark kingdom of lies and brought into God's kingdom of light and life. All of these gifts, the forgiveness of your sins, eternal life, salvation, they're all given you in your baptism where God washed you clean and made you his own. Christ's victory over death and the devil is therefore your victory over death and the devil. And those gifts of forgiveness, life, and salvation, they're all given to you in Christ's chosen means, his word, and his blessed sacraments. So as you continue to walk through the valley of the shadow of death, do not be deceived. Though the devil and his demons seem to have the upper hand at times, the war is already decided. It is as we will sing in just a moment, as true as God's own word is true, not earth nor hell's satanic crew against us shall prevail. Their might a joke, a mere facade. God is with us and we with God. Our victory cannot fail. This is true for all who cling in faith to Christ crucified, holding steadfastly to his living and active word, his body and soul-saving word. 
For it is by hearing and keeping the word of God that we are truly blessed. May the Holy Spirit ever enlighten us by the word of God and keep us in the one true faith unto life everlasting. In the name of Jesus, amen. May the peace of God that surpasses understanding keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For spiritual weapons and tongues sharpened by the words of Christ, that his people would be guarded against all the powers of the devil, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For patience to hear God's words of rebuke in faith, for sincerity in our repentance, and for the forgiveness he eagerly extends to his people, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For mothers and fathers, that they would be imitators of God to lead their children in the way of light, living repentant lives in this world with hope in the life of the world to come. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the leaders of our land, that they would humble themselves under the hand of God and serve their people sacrificially in every danger or need. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For seasonable weather for protection against plague and famine, and that creation would bear rich fruit according to her Creator's gracious design. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those afflicted by any adversity, whether body of soul, especially Vanessa Burmester, Charlotte Locke, Richard Phillips, Ron Lyon, Bob Rash, Erlene Lakey, Lisa Rash, and Ted Phillips, that God would lead them by His Spirit to renewed strength and peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all those who weep, especially Paul Dover and all who mourn the death of Shirley Dover, that Christ our Lord, who has overcome sin and death, would grant comfort and consolation in their time of sadness. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all who commune, that the Lord who joins his word to the bread and wine and invites us to eat and drink, would grant us to hear and keep his word and faith, and so worthily receive the true body and blood of our Savior to our eternal blessing, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Hear us, Heavenly Father, for the sake of Christ Jesus our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Well, and good morning and welcome on this... Well, it looks like it's getting sunnier, at least outside, just from looking at the windows here. Hope you're not all yawning too much from our time change this morning. It's good to all see you all here now instead of just arriving now. That's very encouraging. Well, as we look forward to the rest of this day and this week, of course, we have Sunday school and Bible study immediately following worship. Uh, this coming Wednesday, we have our Lutheran Confession study group at 9 a.m., so please join us for that if you are able. And then following uh, the rest of that day, our midweek and confirmation schedule, along with Lent and uh, workout class and choir rehearsal later on that evening. This Thursday, a busy evening, handbell choir at 6, and then the Trinity Women's Meeting at 7. And this is the meeting where there's a special guest coming from Birthright uh, in Carrollton, so please, uh, ladies, take note of that and know that you are all invited. And then also there's a special announcement here about an upcoming cookbook. I'm not going to read to you the length of the announcement here, but you can find uh, sheets out on the glass case uh, to put your favorite recipes in. They have a, a, an easy-to-follow guide here. Complete the recipe collection sheet, return it to a committee a member, or make a copy, and then submit it to a committee member. Aaron Waters' email is in there. And then there's no limit to the number of recipes that you include. The more, the merrier. Uh, that sounds wonderful. Uh, we look forward to the completion of that uh, wonderful project. 
Uh, and then also we have our upcoming schedule concerning the Lenten meals. If you'd like to help out with any of those, please contact the ladies listed there in the bulletin. Uh, anything that I may have missed? All right, well, and that go in God's peace, knowing that you have victory over Satan through Christ Jesus our Lord, and he holds you securely by his word and spirit until that day that he returns to take us to himself. Go in God's peace. I'll greet you at the door.